Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 158 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share my thoughts around which strategies are recession-proof. You see, times are going to be very difficult ahead for many people, what with rising interest rates, high energy costs, and obviously high inflation. And as I've said on my previous episodes of the Property Magic Podcast, this massive uncertainty also means massive opportunity. There are going to be some absolute bargain properties available. But the question is, what should you do with those properties once you've acquired them to protect your property business against recession? Now, unfortunately, there's no one strategy fits all. I wish there was because it would make my job as an educator much easier if everyone could just do the same strategy. But unfortunately, it depends on many factors, such as why are you investing in property in the first place? What do you want to achieve? How much resources you have, such as time and money? And also, how much knowledge do you have and how much effort are you prepared to put into your property investing? All of these will affect the strategy that you choose. However, In times of recession, there are what I call three recession-busting criteria that you want to aim for with your chosen property investing strategy. The first criteria is obviously we want to have a high demand for that type of accommodation. This relates back to my golden rules of property investing, number two, where we only buy in an area of strong rental demand. And obviously, we can check this out by going online, speaking to letting agents and checking that there is a really good demand for the type of accommodation that we want to provide. Number two is there must be high cash flow. Now, when you think about the golden rules of property investing, golden rule number three is we talk about there must be cash flow, but I'm saying there must be high cash flow. Now, what this means is you want to make a lot more profit than the average property, and this helps us cover against things like rising energy costs, rising interest rates. Those people who have a very small margins, they're the people who are going to get into trouble when costs go up. So by having a nice high cash flow, it means you can afford for increases in costs that are going to cause other people's problems. And then the third one, and this might sound a little bit contradictory to number two, is we also want a strategy that's going to be cost effective for tenants. So the three recession busting criteria when choosing a strategy is we want high demand, we want a high cash flow, and also we want a cost effective solution for students, for your tenants. Now, there are two strategies in particular, which I think fit the bill, which I'm going to explain to you in this particular episode of the Property Magic podcast. So we need to think about this. When times are tough, people have to pull in their belts because they have less money to spend and they try and cut costs. No matter what is happening in the economy, people always need somewhere to live. And the way people live might change as people have less or more money. So think about this. Some young people who might be living in an apartment on their own, they might feel this is a very expensive way to live at the moment because they have to pay their rent and also they have to pay all of the bills, such as the counter tax, the broadband internet, the TV license, the insurance, the gas, the electric, which obviously are shooting up. So living in your own, on your own, in an apartment can be very expensive. 
So these people have two choices. The first one, which is maybe not the best, but maybe the most cost effective, is they could move back to live with mum and or dad. Now, that might not be practical. Mum or dad might live in a different city to where the young person works. Or maybe moving back with mum or dad is not a desirable option. Or maybe mum and dad don't even have space for that to happen. So the second choice people have is to move into shared accommodation. Now, this could be with a friend or partner where living in a shared house and, and covering the costs. Or it could be moving into an actual shared house with people they don't necessarily know, known as an HMO, a house of multiple occupation. Now, when you mention HMOs to most investors, they think you're talking about student accommodation. But in fact, students are just one of four types of people who live in an HMO. Now, personally, I love students as tenants in HMOs because they're there for a long time, sometimes two years. They sign up contracts six months in advance to get into your property. Sometimes they have parties in your property, but you have insurance and generally they look after the property. You get guarantors from the parents. In fact, often mum and dad are the people who are paying the rent. And obviously, people are still going to go to university no matter what's happening in the economy. The next group of tenants in an HMO is what we call young professionals. Now, these are people who have been to university. They've got a degree. They're now doing a profession such as they're a nurse or they're a teacher or an engineer or a doctor or an accountant. And they have a well-paid job. Now, because they've lived in shared accommodation before, when they were a student at university, they're quite happy to live in shared accommodation. In fact, sometimes it's a really good solution, particularly if they move to a new city for a new job and they don't know anyone else. Moving into an HMO means they can meet some like minded, similar people. They've got an instant social life and it's far more cost effective than living in a house or a, a flat on their own. The other two types of tenants are workers and LHA. Now, workers are very similar to young professionals. They've got a job. The only difference is maybe they haven't lived in a shared house before. The last place they lived was with mum and dad. So they just need a little bit of integrating, but they can fix very well with young professionals. By the way, I wouldn't mix students with any type, other type of tenant in an HMO. And the final type of tenant, again, I wouldn't mix with the other types, are people who are on benefits, local housing authority. Now, personally, I don't have HMOs with LHA tenants in them. I do in my single lets, and they can be fantastic long-term tenants. But in an HMO, I think they could be quite a lot of work. So just be aware of that. However, what many of my mastermind students do is they take on a property suitable as an HMO. They then rent it on a rent-to-rent -rent basis to a charity who specializes in looking after vulnerable people. Now, those charities get a lot of income in terms of rent from the local council for providing accommodation for these vulnerable people so they can afford to pay the landlord, my students, the full market rent they take care of all the management and maintenance and they pay all the bills as well so actually renting to a charity can be good on many factors there's a bit of a social impact because you're providing much needed accommodation you're getting the full rental income coming in and also it's a recession proof strategy in fact you could argue that that sector is only going to grow when we get into difficult times now, a very important point I want to make here, so I want to listen very carefully. In most cities, there is an oversupply of HMOs, and that means that many landlords are competing with each other, and they're competing on rent. So that doesn't really meet my recession 
beating criteria. If you think about it, remember I said recession beating criteria, there must be a high demand and it must get high cash flow. Well, if there's an oversupply, that suggests there's too much supply and not enough demand. And you're not going to get a high cash flow if you're doing standard HMOs. However, it's very important. I'm not talking about any old HMOs. Most HMOs are very average and not great condition. If you want to do HMOs, my belief is you should only do very high-end HMOs. So these look much better than most HMOs. They're far more functional and practical. And that means you're not going to compete on price. In fact, you should be making 20 to 30% more rental income on a high-end HMO than you would in the same area on an average HMO. And that's really important because it has a massive impact on not only your cash flow, but also your ability to weather out problems with energy costs and rising interest rates. Now, think about it. It's still more cost effective for someone to live in a high end HMO than it is to live on their own. But they probably actually have better facilities. Obviously, it's not exclusive because they're going to share a kitchen and, and communal room, but they have a lot more space than if they're living on their own. So this works very well for the tenants and it works very well for you as a landlord. So that's one of the recession beating strategies I think you should be using in the current market. The other strategy, which I think is also recession proof, and this might be surprised to you, is what's known as short-term lets, otherwise known as Airbnb and serviced accommodation. Right now, international travel is very expensive. Many people are taking holidays overseas. Many of those people are people who had holidays back in 2020 or 2021 that were cancelled. They're now doing them this year and even some people are doing them next year. That means a lot of demand, a lot of space and capacity has already been taken up. So international air flights are expensive, holidays are expensive, hotels are expensive, and yet people still want to go on holiday. So particularly the middle class... I would think we're going to see a lot of people, instead of going on all of their holidays internationally, they might do one international holiday, but I think they need to be a lot more holidaying in their home country. So this is a business we call staycations, where people stay in the same country to go on holiday. Now, this is far more cost effective than going away and staying in a hotel and obviously much cheaper than international travel. So it meets that criteria about being cost effective for the tenants or the clients, as we call them in service accommodation. But also there's huge demand right now and it can be very, very profitable for you with high cash flow to have service accommodation units. And also bear in mind, we're not just talking about holiday makers. You also have corporate clients as well. You have someone who might be working away from home during the week and they don't really want to stay in a hotel. There's a novelty for a few days, but that soon wears off. They want to have somewhere that might be an apartment. They have their own living room. They have their own little kitchen. They can make themselves food. They can clean their clothes. They can chill out in the evening. They've got a bit more space they don't have just being stuck in a hotel room and it's far more cost effective, particularly if you get groups of friends, you know, two groups of friends go away for a weekend and rather than both getting a hotel room, they can share a small Airbnb unit. So these two strategies, HMOs and short-term lets, I believe are recession-proof strategies. The main difference between HMOs and short-term lets, um, 
I believe HMOs are a more stable income with a higher percentage occupancy rate should be something like 95% occupancy. Um, whereas service accommodation can be very, very profitable some months, but it's more about peaks and troughs. So the average occupancy in a service accommodation is only 70%. So some months are better than others. You just need to be prepared for that and make sure you save money for that. I think a good idea is probably to spread your risk and do both strategies um, rather than trying to learn them both. Maybe pick one that resonates with you most, learn that strategy, get some properties like that, but then also diversify and spread the risk of your investing. Now, if you have properties already that are single lets, maybe you can repurpose some of those to either HMOs or into serviced accommodation. If you're buying property, you can decide which strategy is best based on the property size and also the location of that property. Or even if you're doing rent to rents or purchase lease options, we don't actually own the property, you just take it on, you pay a guaranteed rent to the owner, then rent it out in a more profitable way. You gotta make sure the owner is aware of how you're using the property and also make sure you have the correct insurance in place. The final thing you should be doing, I believe, to really um, make sure you are coping and preparing for recession is you should have at least one mega deal in your portfolio. Now, a mega deal is a larger property that should make you three to five thousand pound profit per month. It will help maximize your cash flow. And if you think about it, how many of those mega deals would you need to replace your income? For most people, probably just one mega deal would be enough. And that's why we call them life-changing deals. Um, on that note, I would like to offer an invitation to you to help you maximize the cash flow from your property investments. I'm running some very special four-hour online live workshops all about how to maximize your cash flow. Now, I'm doing a few of these over the next few months. I'm actually making them completely free of charge for my podcast listeners and people who come to our PIN meetings. However, depending when you listen to this and how quickly you take action, you may or may not be able to get yourself booked onto one. So I'd highly recommend you go and check out the website straight away today. It's www maximizeyourcashflow.co.uk. There's going to be a link in the show notes as well, but go and have a look at maximizeyourcashflow.co.uk. Come and register to join me for that four-hour live master. It's completely free of charge. However, there is also an option for you to upgrade to become a VIP. And if you want to become a VIP, it's a very low cost to do that. You get a little extra time with me and a small group of other VIPs. And whenever I go to events, I always want to go up to VIP because I want to mix with the other people who've invested in themselves to be VIP clients. So go and check that out www.maximizeyourcashflow.co.uk. It's going to be very difficult times ahead for many people with this recession. And some people are going to struggle and some people are going to do very well. And you get to choose which side of the equation you want to sit on. I do hope you pick the right side. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. 
Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.